Welcome to the Imago Day Community Podcast. Hey, Imago Day. Uh, it's great to come to you in your homes as your homes are converted into sanctuaries. Uh, for Central City and East Side, it's good to be together. One of the things that we talked about last week was just the reality that in moments like this, God has called us into his promises to stand firm, right, to to rejoice always, to cast our anxieties upon him and pray about the things that we're concerned about so that he can give us his peace and then to meditate about that which is good and true and beautiful. And today I wanted to talk uh, a little bit more about what it looks like to be the people of God in a moment like this. As we all are experiencing, life is becoming more and more isolating. We're getting reduced to smaller and smaller groups of people. And today I want to talk about what it means to love our neighbors as ourselves. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, he's being interviewed, kind of asked by a teacher of the law, what is the greatest commandment? The teacher is thinking about this huge list of commandments in the Torah. There are 200 plus commandments And Jesus replies to him, he says in verse 37, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on those two commandments. Now, this is one of the places where, as I have studied over lots of years that I think Jesus has such genius kind of uh, ways of meeting each other's needs. The genius of this is really the neighbor is the second smallest unit in society. We have ourselves, uh, we have the people that we live with, and then from there we have our neighbors. And it may seem pointless that, you know, here we are in this global situation, and how is it that one of the best answers that God can give us so small? The truth is that if we look at the coronavirus, we know that it it traveled and spread through small contact from person to person. Um, if no precautions are in place, it's still doing that. And if it stopped at just one or two people, it's going to hardly make the news. But because it passes from person to person, it has what uh, scientists and the medical community are telling us is exponential growth. That's the concern right now, right? That's why we're isolating. That's why we're huddling down in smaller groups is because of this exponential growth. Jesus taught us that something so simple as loving our neighbors, could also have that exponential growth. If something microscopic like a virus can bring the world to a stop by passing disease, then when Jesus taught us that this radical selfless love passed from neighbor to neighbor, from person to person, has that same exponential power to bring the world to its knees in sacrificial love, 
small acts. Small acts seem microscopic in the scope of what's happening. But those small acts of love in light of the bigger picture, when taken collectively, they could start a revolution. And Jesus knew that. For Israel, they were saturated in an Old Testament understanding of the law. And so this question uh, and the answer to love God with everything we have and to love our neighbor as ourself is no small thing. They understood that as a nation, they were supposed to be the light to the Gentiles. And if they were going to be the light to the Gentiles, then they needed to practice a different way of being neighbors with each other and neighbors with the world. The social implications for the Jewish people when Jesus says that all the law and the prophets are fulfilled, he's he's hearkening back to Leviticus 19. That is the place where the commandments are laid out in how we relate to our neighbor. There he says, don't defraud or rob your neighbor. Don't hold back wages from a hired worker overnight. Don't curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind, but fear your God, I am the Lord. Don't pervert justice. Don't show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. Don't spread slander. Don't do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. And what he's doing here in in summing it up He's, he's reminding them that for Israel to love your neighbor in Jesus's world would have been to care for the marginalized, care for the poor, care for the disabled, the immigrant, the elderly. All of those people are included in the neighbor. And so we can say in one sense that our neighbor are all those in Portland and especially the vulnerable populations that are being most affected right now with this shutdown. There are real issues that were faced as we're seeing frontline responders and social services rallying to serve those people and all the people within our city. There are real issues though uh, of race and marginalized communities and immigration and poverty and children the elderly and the disabled, and all that is happening and showing up right now. We know that those communities are being hardest hit. And so what we're hearing uh, and people that we're working with are the social services are currently playing their role. They're working really hard to address these mounting needs. And as a church, we're looking for ways not just Imago, but the church in Portland, that we can step into the gap in places where those services are not sufficient and help some of the most vulnerable among us. Just on Friday of this week, uh, five of our Imago Day people volunteered at Kelly Elementary when the principal called and needed some volunteers. We've talked with Meals on Wheels, and we know that they're in this moment, losing 60 to 80% of their volunteers because they have an older workforce and they're shutting down the ability to have large group meals, which means those meals have to be dropped off at the door of uh, Portland seniors. And so if you're healthy and you're going crazy and you're young, this is an opportunity for that. 
But what we understand is that we are going to need to be able to respond in real time to real issues. And I want you to know that your staff here at Imago has been working endlessly since the news broke last Thursday, not only to get the church resources, but to also understand how do we care for those within our own community at Eastside and Central City? How do we care for those in our city at large? And so as we are more and more slowed down in our homes, uh, our literal neighbors need to be the focus of our love. And those neighbors need to include those who, who may not be right next door to us, but collectively we can gather together our resources and our energy and to help those people. Uh, a friend of mine called me this other day and, and he was just reminded as his neighbor wrote, reached out to him with a text message asking, hey, how are you? Is there anything I could do? And he was reminded like, man, my head hasn't even gone there yet. And so this is a time for the church to begin to think about who do we live next to and who are we in relationship to. Galatians chapter 5 verse 14, the apostle Paul says, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And so I would ask, what's concerning you right now? Just take a minute and think about it. Because your neighbor has those concerns too. And ask ourselves, what would it look like to start to care for them? And what would it look like if every disciple in Portland began to love and care for their neighbors in that way? To check in with a phone call. Jeannie and I were talking about some of our neighbors and you know, you don't want to freak them out by showing up at their doorstep, but I'm like, it's cool. I'll, I'll get a six foot long broomstick and I'll knock on the door and I'll stand way back and, and just be present, be a presence. And, and they know that they can call us and that we're here to help and assist in any way we can. Some of you have uh, the ability to phone them to uh, build relationships that maybe you don't have right now. Now is a great time to start. And as we think about our neighbors, we want to pass peace to them that are scared. We want to cry tears with them that are hurting. We've talked to many people this week who have lost their jobs. Some of you have lost your jobs. And, and we want to weep with you and pray with you and, and try to help you as much as possible. We also realize that we have food to share with those who are hungry and we can meet some of those needs neighbor to neighbor. We're going to be addressing those needs as a city and as churches rally together, but it's also going to help dramatically if we can just be good neighbors and make sure the people that we're living next to have enough food to eat. We want to be praying for people right now. People are asking bigger questions at a time like this. And this is a great time as people begin to, to think about God and to think about their life. And they have lots of time on their hands that you would be the faithful presence of Jesus that's there to pray for them and to talk to them, to point them to resources like sermons and other things. So perhaps we will see hundreds and hundreds of people come to Jesus in this moment. And so what, 
What Jesus is telling us that we need to be generous with what we have. And in this time of scarcity, we shouldn't hoard, but we should share. The other day, uh, we gave out a couple, <laughs> I had a couple extra rolls of toilet paper in my office. And I walked outside uh, the office here at Imago and I just yelled, anybody want some toilet paper? And sure enough, people came and took my toilet paper. But I also realized that my bathroom now has no toilet paper at the church. So uh, it, it, maybe I did too much. But the point of it is, like, we want to model a different posture that says we're going to share and we're going to trust God that he gives us our daily bread and he meets needs through many of you. Many of you know how to do this better than others. You're part of communities. You've grown up or been in marginalized positions in your life, and you've developed resilience in these moments. So share those best practices. We'll talk later about Facebook opportunities and some of the ways that we can connect as a community, but we wanna be helping each other be the best neighbors that we can possibly be. And so what if, we're already in this tension though. What if you're looking at your neighbor and you know that you got issues? You got issues that go back years. Um, Luke chapter 6, verse 27, Jesus says, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. It means that now might be the time to make amends with that neighbor. To, to, to bury your differences, to forgive one another, and to begin to grow together in this moment. I love what Proverbs 17 says. It says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born in a time of adversity. And what that means is that through the next few months, our neighborhoods and our communities can collectively become stronger, that that those relationships that you barely have right now can go deep by the end of this thing. And so what we want to do is be the people who are initiating, who are responding, who are reconciling so that so that our communities at the end of all of this are are birthed out of adversity, brothers and sisters and relationships. And so this is a time that our communities can grow closer together than perhaps they've ever been. And we as followers of Christ get to initiate that. What is the posture then that we're supposed to have as we love our neighbors? It comes down to some simple things. Colossians chapter three says this, therefore as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, and that's who you are, to clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, to bear with each other, to forgive one another. If you have any grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. It's similar to what John says in chapter 13, when Jesus tells them a new command I give you, Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. If we think for just a minute, we realize that Jesus had compassion. He shown his kindness. He humbled himself and took the form of a servant. He's gentle with us. He's patient with us, and he forgives us. Jesus' love is a self-sacrificing love. It's a love that 
that bears the cost to help another. His love is also a love that is burden-bearing. And that means that when we have need or our neighbor has need, that we become a people that, that come underneath and say, I want to carry that weight for you. Now, we can't all pay every single person's rent. We might not have all the resources, but that is one of the reasons why we're going to keep this change for a dollar fund open and we're putting some money into it so that as you go to love your neighbors as yourself and you use your resources best you can, but maybe there's a gap there. We want to be able to provide 100, 500, some, some smaller uh, abilities so we can help more people. But that change for a dollar is an opportunity to tell our neighbors that in Jesus' name, there is a community of people who love you and who love Jesus, and we just want to help you in this moment. It's sacrificial, it's burden-bearing, and second, it's suffering with. Suffering with means that in reality, there's going to be times where we can't fix anything. There's going to be needs that we can't meet. And, and our job isn't to go away or disappear or hide from those people in those times, in those moments. But it means that we're going to suffer with you. We're going to sit next to you and we're going to cry with you that you've lost your job. We're going to work with you to make sure that um, as you bear that anxiety and that weight and that concern that you're not bearing it alone. And so Jesus' love is also a suffering love. Now, if we can think for a minute that here is the church collectively and we're serving in needs and gaps in the city that we, we know about and that we can step into, but there is also the bigger church in the city, which is each disciple, each follower of Jesus, loving their neighbors themselves, sacrificing, right? Suffering with, bearing burden. That is going to be the revolution. And that's the revolution Jesus had in mind when he told us 2,000 years ago, everything I've been talking about gets put together real simple. Love God with everything you got and love your neighbor as yourself. We also have had an incredible, generous gift come from outside of Imago of $50,000. And that is set up to be in a relief fund so that as a community, we're able to respond to needs both inside and outside of Imago Day. We're asking, and it was asked of us, if the, that gift could be matched. And so if you are willing to give above and beyond your normal contribution to Imago Day to the Relief Fund, we would love to see that 50000 match from inside Imago. That would give us $100,000 so that we can quickly respond to gaps that are happening in the system, to individuals and to organizations so that we can meet needs in real time. And in the coming days and weeks, those needs are going to increase. And we want to be the generous people of God that he's called us to be. So along with that, we want to help you stay connected. 
There's going to be Facebook pages for both Central City and Eastside. These pages are set up so that you can love each other. You can share needs. You can share resources. You can pray for one another. And those will be a hub where you can get connected and stay in touch with so many people that you're not getting to see on a Sunday morning. We have a great team of people that are thinking of ways that how can we greet each other virtually on a Sunday and a whole bunch more. We're also thinking deeply and strategically about prayer. And we have teams that are praying right now, but in the coming days, you're going to hear more about how you can receive prayer and how can you be someone who is offering prayer to others. And so all of this is stuff we're doing together and your staff is working hard at it and volunteers and elders and deacons. But, but the bottom line is on while we can do all those things together and they're good things and they're beautiful things and they're going to make kingdom impact, the biggest thing that we could do is love our neighbor as ourself, those who are in proximity to us in a sacrificial, burden-bearing, selfless way. And why? Why would we do that? I mean, the answer is real simple. 1 John 4.19 says, We love because he first loved us. All of this comes back to being the faithful presence and prophetic witness of Jesus, giving a picture to a city in crisis right now of what Jesus looks like, what his love looks like. And it's self-sacrificing, it's burden-bearing, and it's willing to suffer with and suffer for. And the reason we know that is because Jesus did it for us. And so in your little sanctuary today, as you pray and consider taking communion, I want you to meditate on how Jesus was a neighbor to you, how he came close to us, how he loved us while we rejected him, how he bore our sins and our suffering, and how he gave us all things and gave us new life. Imago Day. I believe with all my heart that we are a resilient community and a community that is loved well for a lot of years. And it's different now. It seems weird being in these smaller groups, but the bottom line is this is a moment where there isn't a team that's on mission, but every single one of us has been sent into Portland together, united to love in Jesus' name. Those are our marching orders right now from the Lord. And so I wanna pray that we would take that seriously and that we would love our neighbors well. Father God, I thank you so much that when I was so far from you and my brothers and sisters were so far from you that you came near that you loved us with a selfless love, a sacrificing love, that you suffered with us on the cross and for us on the cross. And so, Father, as we break bread and drink wine and we remember what you have done for us today, we also want to remember those in our community, God, that are sick right now. God, would you bring healing to them? God, those in their community that lost jobs and are wondering what the next six months look like, God, would you bring peace to them and hope to them? And would you surround them with care and concern and hospitality and generosity? God, for those who are 
are hurt, wanting to hurry up and help. Would, would you give us patience as we kind of wait for this to walk out and see what needs arise? But above all things, God, could we love our neighbors as you have loved us? We pray these things in Jesus' name. Magade, I love you. I'm praying for you, and I'm with you in this moment.